I ache on a much bigger level. I can feel this thing that is so big. It's so much bigger than the the human drama of of a lack of sense of beauty and, and lack of love for one another. Is the fact that the earth itself, nature itself, sees our beauty and loves towards us. And we are deflecting that. You think it's sad not to love your partner or spouse or child at the pure state of beingness. It is much sadder that you cannot receive from an entire universe that sees you and is sending back to you an awe-inspired joy that you are here right now. This is definitely Juliet killing herself, thinking that her lover is dead when her lover has concocted the perfect plan to stay asleep long enough that there could be freedom to love. We are in our Romeo and Juliet moment with the universe. Welcome to the Pretty Intense Podcast, where today we have a pretty intensely deep conversation with the amazing, well-known Dr. Zach Bush. But I'm not sure he wants to be introduced as doctor anymore because something that he shared early in the episode was his letting go of that title and of that practice and of that office because he realized he was feeding into a paradigm where he was needed for you to heal, but you can teach yourself how to heal. You, it's your, under your power. And so this episode goes so deep and it's so passionate. We just talked about how the body works and how reality works as human beings, everything from uh, the power of breath work to sacred geometry and ceremonies to um, masculine and feminine, the role of aging um, and whether you should love it or not, and the universe and just our relationship with it and, and earth, something that he feels so passionate and deeply about. This is one of those episodes that you must listen to. Grasping this information is the next step of humanity. And so if you want to be part of that, take a listen. Thank you for joining. Um, I think you'll get a lot out of this. If you like, please subscribe, hit the like button. Um, let me know your thoughts, how you feel about it. Until then, enjoy the episode. How are you? I'm doing extremely well. I'm having a fascinating life unfold and I'm pushing the envelopes of my own possibilities here this year in a big way. So it's been extraordinarily challenging and lovely time of growth and expansion. What does that mean? Expand if you like. This might be the beginning of an hour and a half conversation. Maybe and just go down that avenue, it feels like. But <laughs> I hope so. I have some very different questions than the last time we talked. The last time we talked, it was far more like scientific. So the nature of my questions, I think, are going to lead to probably some of the things that you might start to talk about. So why don't you just go I, ahead? I want to jump in with that. I'm sure what we talked about last time included this kind of reality that we're living in right now, where we're reaching this, this pinnacle state of extraction and destruction of our planet. And we are doing that collectively through a deep misunderstanding of who we are as a people. We have adopted in deep ways a philosophy that in some ways we are separate to our nature and God or whatever we would consider source of life. And in that belief of separateness, it forces an immediate experience of scarcity. Mm -hmm. And I was realizing in the last two years or so that I 
was a microcosm of all of that. I believed myself separate from everything around me, separate from my parents, separate from my spouse, separate from kids, separate from my community. And there was this, you know, chronic gnawing experience inside of me that was presenting the possibility that there was something different than what I was experiencing. There was, mm. there was something else there and it was compelling me to move in a direction that I didn't even know where to move to or feel to. And so I went through a couple of years of just extreme discomfort under my skin. I'm just like, mm. Oh my gosh, I literally feel like I'm a pressure cooker. And I don't even <laughs> know what's cooking. Like, does this dinner or is this me? Like, <laughs> I think I might be the main course for somebody else's dinner at this point. And um, that pressure cooker experience um, pushed me in a lot of new directions of just kind of um, asking for, bigger answers to what, what my life would look like if I really believed I was connected to everything. And um, this led to changes in everything. <laughs> so uh, changes in relationships, changes in, you know, with my role in my kids' lives, my, my changes in my sense of, I think, a shift from leadership to more of a sense of stewardship in my companies that I run and, and a, a sense of... Um, total letting go you have to surrender everything you think you want yeah. to hold on to and so that's been in a nutshell um, my last year has been in particular is are you willing to let go of everything that you thought you needed that's a lot on top of everything that the world you're you're running that parallel you're just sort of a fractal of what's going on i think it's really beneficial to explain that process because I feel like a lot of people want to get in touch. They want to know who they are. They want to grow, but they don't really know what will happen when you start to do that. Did you, oh. or were you, were you ready for that? Did you know, like, Hey, you know, everything's going to get flipped on its head and my new life is going to cost me my old one. Or was this sort of the first time in your life that you've really like stepped into this unknown territory of, um, change like deep change on a physical level and a man and, and a reality level when i visited egypt i was introduced to an expert aromacologist who explained the healing powers of various scents i returned home with 18 bottles of powerful essences that unlocked specific feelings and had all sorts of healing properties. I became inspired to find a functional way to deliver them in a new consumer lifestyle product. Candles became my medium. Voyant means seer, a reference to the inner eye chakra, one of the key energy points in the body essential to wellness and healing. Voyant is a doorway to openness and imagination a catalyst in our daily journey. Whether you're connecting with others or enjoying alone time, Voyant strives to beautify the home and the soul to create a haven of peace and joy. The candle is delivered with a beautiful monogram 12 ounce stemless wine glass, which can be used after the wax is gone. My limited edition candle collection is available exclusively at voyantbydanica.com. Yeah, I think I've made a lifestyle out of it, honestly. I've been doing it for so long. I, I don't remember life before it, really. But um, 
you know, I owe a lot to, you know, my, my first marriage was, we were together 20 years, got married pretty young, had two amazing kids and was that all birthed in an environment of, uh, an easy description of success. I went to church. I, my dad was the pastor and I had you know, met this woman and her dad was a pastor and we both had done <laughs> missions work and we both wanted kids. And then I decided I was going to be a doctor and that sounds really nice too. And then I went and became a doctor. And I mean, it's so easy to be like, win, 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 win. We're just winning the freaking game here. And that's what yeah, I told yeah. myself throughout my twenties, throughout probably the first half of my thirties. Hmm. And yet there was this emptiness of life that I could not calculate. It was like nothing seemed to be landing. I felt uh, intense loneliness in my life during that time. And despite the fact of being surrounded by thousands of patients and (laughs) great kids and family and amazing immediate family, my parents, my three siblings, like, yeah, I, I looked great on paper. I looked so good on paper. Why was it not freaking clicking? Like, what is, what is what is the essence of this that is driving me bonkers? And so, you know, my in that twenty year relationship, we started to give each other permission to challenge the worldviews that we had grown up in, and that uncovered deep traumas. You know, in oh man, when you hold safe space for growth, it immediately uncovers the emotional traumas that shaped the reality that you have been living. And when you find those, you realize that your life is a reactive state of trauma management rather than living. Hmm. There's a big difference between those two things. And one is a slow death and one is a constant rebirth. And I was really craving a constant sense of rebirth and renewal in my life. And I was living a reality of decay and um, death within myself in the context of a world that had handed us a bunch of social norms and metrics that allow for us to define death as success. Why do you think some people are more like that? The one you're talking I relate to you totally. I was asked some, some point in time, what I've had to forgive myself for, and it's for growing because it means that my life does change. And that includes people, relationships, work, where I live, a lot of things change, but I choose me and I choose that growth. So what, what do you, what do you think that is? Cause then there are other people where, you know, maybe they could be titled as maybe asleep in some way. I don't know. Maybe some, I think that's kind of like a, maybe a generalization that people use, but someone who's okay with the status quo, someone that's okay with these um, childhood belief systems staying in place their whole life. Like what makes someone different? I think that the more aligned you are with the power structures of extraction and colonialism and everything else that we've done, the, if you, the closer you align your personal values to those, the easier life is. Mm. So um, there's a, an anesthetization that happens to <laughs> all of us right now when we come near, when we decide to make our metrics for, for success very similar to those that are handed to us. And that leads to this 
state of general anesthesia where we can't feel anything, therefore nothing must be wrong. And Mm. you can do that for quite a while before the deep emptiness or sense of disconnect within yourself starts to be an extreme source of pain in your life. And um, at that moment, it will express itself in many different ways. (laughs) Like? Like? Well, you know, as a medical doctor, I see the more the most extreme versions of it. I think that, you know, we have an epidemic that began in the 1990s of autoimmune disease, which is kind of the most blatantly obvious version of destroy self. Uh, You're building antibodies in your immune system to destroy your own body. And we saw an explosion of that condition starting in the mid-1990s. And that is certainly linked to things that we did in our environment. Glyphosate, which I'm sure we talked about the last time, is chemical in our food and water systems and rain and everything else. Glyphosate destroys the the tight junction boundaries between the outside world and and your immune system. Mm -hmm. And so now that we're eating and drinking Roundup all the time, we are getting into this condition of leak uh, where we lose track and the outside world leaks in. We don't have a boundary immune system reacting to everything. We can't figure out what is self. So there's that biologic reality. In the heart of Napa Valley lays Somnium, which means to dream in Latin. The Somnium Vineyard Estate is an extension of the love and intensity that I pour into everything I do. To experience our wines, visit SomniumWine.com and use the code Somnium to receive a $10 flat shipping rate. Please drink responsibly. But we also called that chemical glyphosate. We, we popularized it as something called Roundup, which is kind of creepy in the sense that oh, if yeah. you're going to normalize a population. You're going to try to round up a group of people and you're going to try to corral them in a way of being that is not real. You should brand yourself Roundup. Wow. And I think that that is what happens in the world is we subconsciously name things correctly. I just closed my clinic, which was a really emotional process for me because I've had a, I've, my primary day has been as a doctor for almost 30 years now. And, or as a medical professional in some way, you know, and so it's been a, a, a final surrender for me. Of, well, of congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and the reason for it was because by being called a doctor, it does something similar to branding yourself Roundup. It says, you know what? You all are sick and I am here to fix you. And I realized I was part of the problem for my patients. Mm-hmm. My patients couldn't actually completely heal because they believed I had their answer. I have to step out of that role to engage with my fellow humans in a bigger way so that they can heal. And I can be witness to their healing as a witness rather than as a physician. So we're now moving to these immersive retreat model where we will bring groups of people together to be witness to one another's healing rather than asking them to come into a medical environment to receive external inputs to find their health. Total paradigm shift from, would you even call it a medical standpoint? What would you call it? 
I think we're finally tapping into something that's deeper than biology. And um, we have an eight-week program that has developed over the last you know, six or seven years that we call Journey of Intrinsic Health. And it's an eight-week program that helps lay out these eight fundamental steps towards finding a lifestyle that sports the fundamental biology of human life. And it's very simple stuff. And, and, but once presented in a system that allows you to understand your own capacity for biologic thrive state, mm-hmm. it frees you up of, of the list of diagnoses and diseases that you had previously been defining yourself as. Mm-hmm. But this next step is going to be much more powerful because as important it is to clean up the the biologic environment for a successful path towards fundamental transformation, the biology only counts for 0.001% of you. And so as a doctor trying to do something to your body to make you healthier, I'm pushing on a lever that accounts for 0.001% of you. The 99.99% of Danica Patrick is actually a vibrational tone that occurs in vacuum space that is perfectly sung by your soul and is resonating out of this light being that animates a biologic possibility of a human body. And so when people are drawn to you, it is not actually for your physical form. Your physical form is the direct result of the tone that is sung below you. And the more that we continue to tell people that it's their physical form that people are attracted to, then they feel a burden to that physical form because they're afraid that that is their identity. And that's a terrifying thing because that physical form changes over time. Sure. And so we think we are losing our attractiveness as humans by living life. Because as I live life, I develop a lot of evidence of life. Got scars on my face, wrinkles on my face, sunspots, less muscle than I used to have, all kinds of evidence of change. And if I thought that humanity would only benefit by my physical form's presence, then I would see myself failing on a daily basis right now. But instead, if I realize that I am actually a resonance chamber that has been defined by a light being to be present to change the way that humans interact with their environment by me just being present, because I am a tone as well, and the tone that I have, if I make that the primary agent in my life, there can be no sense of failure. There can be no sense of aging. There can be no sense because the tone is always there. And if I listen, it is extremely coherent. And so where we are stepping into is these retreats uh, that are called journey into resonance. And I believe this is our next step as humanity. If we're going to change our courses, we are going to have to see past the 0.001% shell. And we're going to have to look into the beauty of the, 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 the tone that is coming from each light being around us. And we're going to have to be really quiet for a little bit. We're going to have to listen very carefully. And the listening muscles are underutilized. We have not been doing that for a long time. And so if we listen to each other, we will learn to 
do what I think is the closest you can come to a physical demonstration of a miracle is to sit next to four vocalists who know how to harmonize. Oh, mm. Gives me goosebumps thinking about that. Just when you find those four people that know how to bring their voices into different tones that when combined create something so vastly bigger than any of the single tones. And so not so synergistic that it cannot be additive, but is a logarithmic growth of impact of the sound that now is emerging. There's 7.9 billion tones on the planet that we are expressing as human right now. The symphony that we could produce if we were to listen to one another and come into harmony with one another would destroy infrastructure, would destroy chemical matrices that have defined us, would destroy fear itself, would, would dismantle our, our belief of shame. The tone that each of us have is so simple, and it is what provides us a sense of self-identity. That makes so much sense. I've, I remember a long, long time ago, probably 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago, buying a shirt that says, raise your vibration. I don't even, I didn't even know what it meant then. Like I look back and I can, I look, I just saw an old interview of mine and I talked about like visualizing an intention, like again, 15, 20 years ago. And I, I didn't even know what all this stuff really meant, but energy is something that I'm very sensitive to, very sensitive to frequencies and energies and whether it be a, something plugged into a wall that's buzzing or, you know, just like the pure load of EMFs and Wi-Fi signals. Like these are things that I am very sensitive to. And so when you talk about energy, I really believe and have for a long time, essentially that's what we are is energy. And so, you know, a lot of questions come up with that, like, you know, aging, like, why do we age? Um, if we're just energy, what is our, what is this, what is this information that's able to tell us that we're having thoughts and be aware that we are energy? Like what are, what is this transcendent energy that connects us from this life to another or to another dimension or another planet, another universe? Um, but so I have a lot of questions, but I think maybe still talking about these retreats, something that might be kind of interesting and informative is just what are the sort of activities or pillars that you are going to lean on in these retreats to help people understand the pure power within them to heal themselves. Yeah. So there's, you know, uh, about a half a dozen modalities that are integrated into this experience, but, um, they, they basically go across the gamut of the understanding of the body's capacity to move physically move to support the vibration of energy within it. And so uh, for thousands of years, these practices have developed out of us and be perhaps given by direct download or whatever, we've got Tai Chi, Qigong, yoga, we have martial arts, we have you know, all of these techniques that have been used to preserve human existence by teaching individuals how to channel energy in their bodies. It's time for us to wake up to what the secret was that was hidden in all of these practices that largely got co-opted by a religious kind of 
worldview or or perspective. And it's been hiding information for us as to how to ignite these physical bodies by aligning it with the light body. And when you bring those two together, you develop a massive amount of energy in that physical body that can manifest massive amounts of regenerative healing and capacity for strength. Uh, when I get it, when anybody gets deep into the practice of, you know, any movement technique that brings them near the light body, their physical bodies can do things that don't make any rational sense. Like there's not enough muscle in the body to do that activity. And they don't get ripped. They don't like to look all bulked up and muscly. Instead, the the mechanics of energetic, the energetics of movement become that energetic rather than musculoskeletal. Mm -hmm. And so we have the capacity to do that. And, and your Qigong masters are a good example of it when you tap tap into their biology. When it, there's a number of these masters who do, do sun gazing and they look into the morning sun and they train their bodies to be absorbed light energy through the eyes with the morning sun and they can ultimately you know watch the sun rise up for an hour and a half you and i we can look at that sunrise for about you know 30 60 seconds and then it's too much light and it will damage our eyes and so you have to train your body to be able to align with that solar energy in a non-injurious way you have to align your light being with that source mm -hmm. But they can then go for 40, 50 days with no food and have absolutely no biologic shift towards fasting. They are not fasting. They are feasting on an energetic input that is coming through their eyes. And so we, that's been well documented. This happens. And if that happens, is that a breatharian with that? Breatharians are kind of a different direction, but yeah. Oh, okay. So they're pulling the energy from air instead of sun. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Point is energy is infinite. Yeah. Yeah. And we have dumbed ourselves down to believe that we have to get it from food. Yeah. And so that's a part of this expansion is we need to realize that we interface with an infinite energetic universe and our bodies were designed to be able to absorb that energy through many different avenues. Certainly uh, the patterns of our aging will change when we tap into an infinite energy instead of 2000 calories a day. 2,000 calories a day is a miserably small amount of energy. We are talking about kilojoules of, infor of information from the sun. That amount of energy is just like, it's, you know, it's the difference between like the AA battery and the nuclear power plant down the street. Is this how, you know, ancient civilizations, does this explain megalithic stones and things like that is understanding the power of this energy and using it? For sure. Once you understand energy is infinite and all energy is information, then mm -hmm. you can communicate with anything. And so this is the solve really in the end of our belief of separation. If the sun is yours and you are the suns and you belong together and you know how to generate energy together, what can possibly challenge you? Right. We have people starving all over this planet in a universe that's trying to feed them through every source of beauty it has. Yeah. Because we have developed a belief that the control, we've had the foresight and the effort for to round up humans. We have had the foresight to make food a limited commodity. There's plenty of food on the planet right now to feed 7.9 billion people. No problem. This planet is so 
vociferous in this desire to create food. It is just what it does. Mm. What creates the scarcity uh, is the belief that those individuals are separate from God and therefore not sovereign. And so uh, in our belief of separateness ourselves, then we devalue life around us. And by devaluing life around us, we create horrific scenes of suffering by the sequestration of resources that have been defined as scarce resources and therefore create poverty and we create hunger, we create all these things. And so there's an opportunity for this massive shift to go way beyond just food systems, which I spend so much of my time talking about <laughs> and studying. But in these retreats, I'm eager to start to take small groups of people and start to challenge that premise of do we really have to wait until we clean up, clean up all the chemical mess we've made in our food systems? Do we really have to detox our bodies slowly over time or can we just create new bodies? Our bodies appear out of vacuum space every millionth of a second. And so the, the quantum state of a, an atom is disappearing, reappearing every millionth of a second. And so the fabric of you has infinite possibilities of who you are right now. The reason you look a lot like you did two days ago is because you have a human brain that keeps trying to create a narrative of the past on the, few, on the current moment. And so it's these beliefs of, again, scarcity of life. And my gosh, I only have 80 years and I'm going to decay for those whole 80 years. So I better cling on to everything around me, relationships, emotions, things. So, and then suddenly you're so heavy from all of the crap you're trying to cling on to that you can't move and you're suffocating under the weight of everything you're clinging on to in the fear of being free. And so the next thing after movement in your light body is ceremony. And so once you've gone through a morning with us in movement, we go into to an opportunity to watch a 5,000-year-old Chinese tea ceremony unfold for you. And when you see the intricacy of what has been developed in these techniques for serving tea, in a sacred geometry pattern that is rhythmed out to hold space between the events of the tea pouring so that your mind can expand and you can listen into your own core self. We bring you close to that capacity for listening to your own self, which is often called intuition, but is also the, the doorway into all information of the universe. You know? yeah. And so ceremony is designed to hold space. And so bring your body into alignment with, your light being move into ceremony to hold the space for the listening to happen and then move into a moment of of musculoskeletal expression of that and so we do this through through static slow movement of the body in sacred geometry positions and when you hold these different geometric positions you can find the resonance that harmonizes with you and so you can go through different quadrants of the environment around you tuning in to find what it feels like to find resonant frequencies around you. Mm -hmm. Trees are putting out massive amounts of resonant right. energy. The, every solar system in the, in the universe, every galaxy in the universe is putting out gazillions of you know, kilojoules of energy in a very coherent 
waveform and it's hitting the surface of our planet. Yeah. And so if you go quiet enough and pay attention to your intrinsic column of water within you, that is a perfect antenna, you can actually find the sectors of the universe that resonate with you. Is that why people feel like they're from like a certain star system or certain, like they're drawn to a certain past life or some other uh, galactic existence? Yeah. It's just like when you hear, when you hear the voice of somebody singing the same lullaby that your mother sang to you, you suddenly feel home. You suddenly feel nurtured. And So when I feel lonely on a daily basis, which does happen, like I'll suddenly have that little like tinge of like, um, I need a Starbucks or something because I, I I have this feeling many of you would cover that up, that feeling that we are trying to cover up with all the drugs in our environment is a sense of we're not home and we're lonely and nobody knows us here and nobody understands me here. And I don't understand here. And I don't understand why people keep misinterpreting my effort just to love. Mm. And I don't understand why people are so confused about who I am and have all these preconceived notions because I feel like I'm actually pretty authentic. And yet I feel lonely at those moments in the day. And we try to cover it up. So tap the Instagram button, look at something, distract myself from that. When we tune in, there are resonance frequencies that you're identifying out that that are original home frequencies and original home doesn't necessarily mean a billion light years away original home means hearing your own tune and Mm -hmm. hearing it within the context of the other voices in the choir and when we start to listen in and we find that we will finally feel home here and i guarantee none of you feel home right now And that's what you're yearning for. You are so yearning to feel home. Mm. At the deep core level, you want to be home. And I acknowledge that in each of you. I acknowledge that each of you are yearning for it. And it's the call for it is getting louder every day now because we are reaching this tenor of terror on this planet that is not compatible with life. And so we see life disappearing under the pressure of the chaotic tone that we currently scream. And each of you have the opportunity to step back into that space of true, authentic tone and listen into those around you so that we can create a new home here. Since you mentioned ceremony, I just want to touch on it. I mean, plant medicine is something that is becoming, I think, increasingly more popular. And um, and I think uh, there's some misuses for sure, but I think there's also some deeply profound uses. Is that something that you believe in or think should be become more prevalent or going to be part of, maybe you can't even say if it's going to be part of the retreats. I don't know, <laughs> but is what, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, it's not part of our retreats. Um, so <clears throat> the natural world has given us all kinds of access points to understand and see self and, you know, the most classic, you know, popularized plant medicine in our current culture is, is definitely marijuana. And so um, the, the THC and CBD compounds within the marijuana plant interact with our neurologic system in, in unique fashions. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, it's been obviously in use for since the beginning of civilization, but it got popularized, you know, during, you know, this age of Aquarius and all this. And, the popularization of it moved it from ceremony to drug, you know, 
and there's a fine line between those that um, is important to be aware of in your own life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if you are using THC and CBD as a drug, it's super effective at what it does. And what it does is anesthetize your sense of drive. And that's a relief because if you don't feel like you're home and you don't feel like you have arrived and you don't feel like you know where you're going, then it's a relief to feel all of that drive go away. And, oh, you can numb this out. What a relief. And we can just be here right now and we can enjoy the moment. And that's a relief. In ceremony with something like that, I imagine, and you have to take this with a giant grain of salt because I've actually never eaten or smoked or been exposed to THC and CBD compounds, but what what the biology speaks of, because I do study CBD in in my cancer lab all the time, but um, it certainly is capable of connecting cells back to their original information. And so it has a really nice effect on cancer cells in the lab. You can see cancer cells destroy themselves um, in the presence of CBD because of a sudden awareness of, of their, the damage that's within. Mm. And so it certainly shows that the plant is capable of reconnecting us to deep information within ourselves, but at a certain level of usage or an attitude towards it or a frequency of use, it suddenly becomes a, something that numbs us out. And so the difference between a medicine and a poison has been passed down for thousands of years and, and medical teaching. And so first, first week or so of medical school, you'll tend to hear from a couple of professors, the difference between a medicine and a a poison is the dose. Sure. And that's, I believe, uh, something that we need to keep in mind as we popularize plant journeys and all this is we need to be very aware of when we shift our usage from a curiosity of opening our hearts and reconnecting our bodies to a natural source of everything Mm -hmm. to, I need to escape my current reality because I can't stand it. So I'm going to go back into journey, you know, and um, I think both are happening right now and they always will. (laughs) Both will always happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will always use the drug of the medicine around us. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just something we do. But in the course of your life, you know, as an individual, it's worth constantly just doing iterative processes. What am I using the stimuli that I give myself in a day for? Am I doing it in an effort to come into a reverent resonance with myself or am I using it to dull the pain that I'm feeling? Um, And we can do that with every stimulus, coffee, to sex you know it's just Mm -hmm. we can do it and we can use them all pathologically we can use them all as poisons we can use them all as anesthetizers to our reality so that we don't change so that we don't move forward so that we continue the stagnancy that we're in Mm -hmm. so i i celebrate the move towards plant medicine i think it's an important sign of our times that that never before we had so many people from so many walks of life from so many socioeconomic layers eager to experience something like plant medicine so they can reconnect to something they desperately feel need to reconnect to. So that's a good sign that we are at the tipping point of our species and nearing our own extinction, starting to stretch back into our own indigenous knowing that we all have that we are connected to nature. We, and nature is here for us, not against us. Mm 
Mm -hmm. Uh, It can't, it's not possible. The Byron is trying to kill us. It's (laughs) nature. If nature had wanted us to die, she would have done it long ago, especially Mm -hmm. when we started to destroy her so severely. Um, Mm -hmm. The grace that she has showed us over the last few thousand years as we have sucked the life out of her is unmeasurable. You can wake up tomorrow morning, just give a prayer of gratitude that Mother Earth has been graceful towards us and our disconnected, abusive behavior. Uh, We should have been eliminated a long time ago if it was a universe that believed in justice. But this universe actually believes in growth and it is striving for a possibility that a sentient race, a sentient species on a a far-flung planet in this universe reconnects. And if it does, the whole system changes. And that's why I believe there is so much attention back towards Earth right now. I believe that whether it's ancestors you can connect with or your belief of angels or aliens or whatever, whatever lexicon or narrative you need to tell yourself that there's energy systems and souls, you know, light beings that have exited the human experiences and are around us or haven't entered the human experiences. And I think they are paying great attention. They're holding space and they are infusing the air that we breathe with new information that we desperately need right now. And so rather than plant medicine in our, in our journey, in our retreats, we're, we're looking to breath work uh, to trigger the same phenomenon. So you don't need a plant to do DMT, oxytocin, all the things that are going to create your, your journey. Breath work, I find, is the most effective and clean way to do journey because there is no difference in metabolism of breath. There's no difference of this. And uh, your breath is never going to make you vomit endlessly or you know, blow out your bowels or whatever it is, your breath is going to do what it needs to do in your body in such a gentle way. Mm-hmm. And it will take you straight into the opportunity to find out you don't need an exogenous source of input, like a plant medicine to bring you directly into contact with source. Mm-hmm. That capacity is innate to your biology. You do not need anything to connect to the God source rhythm of the universe, you know, life itself. That is an innate capacity of every single human cell of 70 trillion cells imbued with that capacity. And so you tuning in, I want you to understand this. This just came in so clear. My gosh, this is, this is the most important thing I'll say today. It feels like Mm. when you understand that every single cell can has the capacity to connect to the original source of life, you will become a gravitational force that you cannot imagine the, the power of. You will draw to yourself everything that you could possibly dream of to manifest a reality that you don't think you're worthy of yet. You will be a gravitational force that will bring in so much goodness to you, so much capacity for rebirth, so much capacity for forgiveness for yourself that you can start to live in the resonance of gratitude for the fact that you are animated in a human body right now. The tipping point, not of a planet, not of a species, of the tipping point of a universe that wants to resonate at a better harmony 
we are about to up-level the orchestra in this universe. And all of the entities are paying attention because our planet is uniquely positioned in the galactic geometry of this universe. We actually are at a chakra point. Uh, really? We are a chakra center within this universe. And if we shift this one chakra, the whole system shifts. And we can change it for everything. Everything in the universe will shift if we will align the gravitational force of one human being coming into perfect, coherent alignment with the, the, the four energies. It's this masculine and feminine uh, are the words that we've put on these energies. But yeah. basically the masculine is, is an energetics of linear force and, and form. And the feminine is the information that streams through that, that geometry. And so within you is a rigid geometry, linear geometry that is flexible in that it can change the direction of flow through it, but its components are actually quite rigid. And so it's a beautiful reality that we're in, in that when we start to think about masculine and feminine, we need to let go of the biologic, you know, baggage on those two words, man, woman. You know, yeah, and man, it's, it's not about that. It's literally structural. And yeah. so as we start to bring this together, those 70 trillion cells pulling those energies together of the masculine form and the feminine flow, this form and flow come together within that individual, the coherence within the single cell prevents the capacity for any dis-ease because mm -hmm. it is emanating with such true coherence to self. And ultimately, that is what healing is. Healing happens when you reach a coherent state of self. And that's what I want for everybody who would come through something that I would build. And mm -hmm. I had to shut a clinic to allow that to happen because the clinic was a model that demonstrated that they didn't, they weren't enough. Every person in there wasn't enough to heal. So they needed me. They needed a whole medical system. They needed a whole thing. Fuck that. We are so yeah. much bigger than that. We are so much bigger than that. We are so ready to blow the doors off this thing. If you can't feel it in your body yet, then I just urge you to go sit in front of the ocean and just sit at the base of a mountain and just freaking listen and then feel into your own body. Feel what it feels like to resonate. And you're going to have to go through all the emotional overlay that's going to happen because that when you start to resonate, it's going to shake up all of the all of the trauma, all of the doubts and insecurities. And I just went through this in the last 12 hours again of just mm. like being faced with my own human frailty, mm. failure of expression, mm. brokenness of like, really, that's, that's how I'm expressing myself. Really? That's how, oh my God. And then we have a tendency to retract and, we, and we're resonating higher. So we're exposing new things. And everything wants us to retract and be afraid of our own power. And the message that came through this morning is so clear is go bigger, go bigger, go bigger than that, because we can get there, go bigger than the fear of hurting each other, go bigger because it's okay to hurt each other. If it's out of an effort to get to our own resonant state of truth, we will have enough grace and forgiveness for each other to work through the relational challenges that come you are going to create a lot of disruption in your life if you do any of the things we've been talking about for the last hour. It is going to be extremely disruptive. And so that's my disclaimer on all of yeah. this. 
you are treading on holy ground when you step into these spaces. And if you start to go down this path, it will be extremely destructive to your current way of life. And thank God for that. Thank God that you have the possibility of blowing up the matrix. You can just push. All of you can push right now. And I don't think it's going to take more than two of us to change everything. If really? we just come into perfect harmonic alignment with those masculine and feminine, the Course of Miracles says if one pair will come into complete coherence, it will change the consciousness of the whole planet. And scriptures all over the place say this, where two or more are gathered, I am. Where two or more are gathered, I am. I am the most beautiful thing you will ever see. Can you get to that point where you can sit there and close your eyes and say, I am the most beautiful thing the universe will ever see? It's going to take some ceremony. It's going to take some dismantling belief systems. Have you been able to say that? I said it for the first time at the end of January this year. And, um, it was really hard fought to get there. I had to dismantle a lot in my life to get there. And um, the human mind um, is so conditioned into a split state with the egoic shield that it's um, not a one-step event. Uh, it creates, you have to create a, a lifestyle that allows for the, the possibility of being able to say that in a continuous soundtrack of your life uh, rather than a one-time connection to that reality. The one-time connection happens in a million different ways and uh, for humanity, but a world that perpetuates that day in and day out has not been seen yet. And so that's our challenge uh, to all of us. But the exciting thing is you don't have to imagine what that will look like. It will simply be manifest out of the space between everything we've created, that new reality is going to emerge. And in just recent weeks, I had this deep feeling that we have, it's already finished. That already happened. And now our neurosensory complex that we call human consciousness is catching up to see it. Mm -hmm. But I believe it has happened. I believe that on this continuum of life and light beings, we completed something in the recent weeks, that's extremely important. And we've done it in the midst of school shootings. We've done it in the midst of new efforts toward war. We've done it in the midst of one of the worst famines in, in history in Africa. We've done it in the midst of cataclysmic damage to the planet uh, that we continue to met out. And so that's the grace of the universe is the harmonics of light beings cannot be dismayed by the behavior of a little bit of biology. How are we the same as the planet? Because when we know how to take care of ourselves, we take care of the planet. When we know how to take care of the planet. We can maybe know how to take care of ourselves. It's one of the biggest aches I feel in myself is that most humans are walking around not knowing or not being able to hear how much they are loved. And it sends such deep ache into my body when I come present with that knowingness. There are 7.9 billion people walking around in an incomplete knowledge of, and perhaps not even an inkling of experience of how much they are loved. Mm -hmm. 
and love is um, not a, a thing. Love is an experience that happens when you see beauty. Mm. And when you see the beauty in nature around you, you are experiencing love at its purest form. Love is a frequency of resonance that occurs when your being witnesses the beauty of another being. And the most exquisite being that we all share is this planet. And so our connection to the divine is the nature we live within. And if you will go out to watch a sunset wherever you are, I promise it's the same sunset I'm watching tonight, wherever I am. We are sharing the beauty of this planet all the time if we will stop and listen. And the reason I feel such ache is not just because we are walking around not loving each other because we can't see the beauty in ourselves. Therefore, we cannot see the beauty in the other human next to us. Yeah. I ache on a much bigger level for some reason. I, I can feel this thing that is so big. For some reason, it's so much bigger than the, the human drama of, of a lack of sense of beauty and, and a lack of love for one another is the fact that the earth itself, nature itself sees our beauty, sees our beauty and loves towards us. And we are deflecting that. You think it's sad not to love your partner or spouse or child at the pure state of beingness. It is much sadder that you cannot receive from an entire universe that sees you and is sending back to you an awe-inspired joy that you are here right now, that you are here right now. What a, what a tragedy. This is definitely Juliet killing herself, thinking that her lover is dead when her lover has concocted the perfect plan to stay asleep long enough that there could be freedom to love. We are in our Romeo and Juliet moment with the universe. Are we going to kill ourselves in our, in our sense of hopelessness because we thought that we, what we saw was real? Or are we going to realize there's a deeper reality that love cannot be conquered and therefore it is not dead and therefore we should stay alive long enough to feel it? And if she had just waited a few more minutes... If she had just waited a few more minutes, we wouldn't have that story to tell. And so I invite all of us to stay alive a few more minutes together. Let's encourage each other to stay alive a few more minutes and wait for this story to get to us that has already completed itself, which we are loved. We are seen. We are home. And this is our home. And we will make it home when we resonate together, when we harmonize we will find the symphony of the new humanity and we will express something much different than we have before. Beautiful. And I'm sorry for that ache and pain. I think that we all have our own little ways in the world where we can feel something so deeply and you, you know, you express yours and I think I can think of mine and, you know, I think probably people listening can feel theirs too and where it is that they feel that vein of reality so deep into their bones and it's just, it's visceral. Um, so thank you for sharing that. You had talked about it a little bit earlier about the masculine and feminine. What are those roles? What, 
are they in any way separate? Like they have roles and how does the mind play into that? Because the mind feels very masculine to me. And perhaps there's been things that happen on this planet that are driven by that mind, by the, by the egoic mind. Um, so what is the role of the masculine and feminine and how do you, how do they come together in coherence and balance so that we can unite so that we can balance and reach homeostasis? The masculine is a goal-oriented structure that uh, has finite boundaries to it uh, that uh, can be stacked in infinite directions. And so you have all these finite events that, that can fill the infinite space in the masculine form. Uh, and that's very critical to the fabric of the universe. It is the fabric of the universe is this form of infinite grid if you will and so if you picture a bunch of cubes you know stacked up and the cubes are simply space defined by thin little rods on each you know edge of the cube mm -hmm. so you have space defined by this cubic grid that could maybe give you a visual of what the masculine energy form looks like in the universe at the atomic level at the subatomic level at the quantum realm of reality we have this grid the grid is actually mobile because each corner of the cube is not rigid. And so the bars of the cube can actually flip through to connect to a diagonal across that cube. And so while it looks very boring and structurally cubic and linear, in its capacity to create diagonal relationships across its finite form, it creates infinite possibilities of flow through that map matrix. The feminine is the energy, the infinite energy of the universe that will flow through that matrix. So at the subatomic particle level, you have this phenomenon of rigid rules of engagement of at atomic structures. And, you know, down at that boson, you know, God particle level, mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. are strict rules of engagement. There's this rigid form that the moment you look at it dissolves, disappears and becomes something else. The moment you witness anything, anything witnesses the other thing, it, 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 it changes direction. It changes mm -hmm. form. And so that transmutive power is the feminine's capacity to flow through that, that rigid form of the masculine. And so that you've got basically an infinite game being played through a finite structure. The infinite okay. is the feminine, the finite is the masculine. Okay. And we all hold both of those right. capacities. What we've done as a society is we built a billion finite things and forgot that we were playing an infinite game. And so that's why we created waste streams. Um, I just, uh, we're just launching my energy company called Resource Dynamics. We have been working for seven years to build a 40 foot mitochondria that breaks down plastics, tires, farm waste into biodiesel. That machine is showing us something about our capacity to create an infinite game out of, out of natural resources rather than these finite games of extracting right. oil, turn it into plastic, dump it in the ocean. <laughs> and so we played a finite game that's extracted all of life out of Earth. If we had <laughs> understood that Earth was a feminine masculine archetype, that is asking us to build finite things out of infinite resources and return those into the cycle of life, 
then we would have we would have no waste on the planet. And so mm-hmm. our little company, which is growing in, in attention quickly now because its time is so poignant because we're obviously running out of the resources we we so extracted into these waste streams. And if you look at like all of the technologies of like sustainability and all of this, like it's actually kind of doing pretty good. In fact, that like the amount of electricity that it takes or the amount of resources it takes per capita is actually decreasing right now. So we're becoming more efficient in the ways in which per individual, of course, we have way more individuals than we ever had. So that's a bit of an issue, but, but per capita there, except for waste, every individual is generating more waste than any individual in human history has ever done. And so we are at this extractive level where we're pulling all this stuff out and turning it into waste. And so that's what our company is trying to step in to show everybody is like, there's no such thing as waste in the universe. There is not one iota of waste. It is all energy. It's all infinite. It is all in an infinite game. Mm -hmm. And so this is where we need to start to redesign energy systems, education systems, for God's sakes. The fact that we test kids out of third grade and say, now you're in fourth grade. Like, what the heck are we thinking? Like, (laughs) it just doesn't even, none of it makes sense. There's no feminine flow through that concept of education right now. Mm -hmm. And so we've turned it all into this finite billion finite games that are disconnected and irrelevant to one another. And you keep stepping through your hoops and checking your finite boxes of life. Did that graduated, got married, got the job, got the promotion, got the car, got the house, got the kids, got the dog, got the freaking horse, whatever it is. And and you played a million finite games and you can't find the relevance of any of it because you forgot that you're in an infinite stream of information that is called life. And so whether we're talking about energy sector and natural resources and our capacity to reconnect that, or we're talking about your own spiritual experience, there is this dance between the important rigidity of the, the, the stability is a better word than rigidity. The, the stability of the masculine energetic function and form within you is there. And I love the, the question that was posed to me, which is what is the role of the masculine and the feminine? I love that word because it's, it supposes and is correct in supposing that there neither is even relevant unless they are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. there's no role for you if you're just alone you're if you're alone there's, you're no, there's no hierarchy either there's a role to there's create a- sort of this braiding of energy to become you know juliet is just juliet until you put her in the context of the entire cast of the play and now she has a role yeah exactly and so you have a role once you step into the infinite game of humanity right now you've defined yourself as a finite element within humanity and therefore you are lonely and disconnected you feel unseen unheard unloved plug yourself back into the infinite nature of life itself and find your role is to be in harmony with those around you but to get into harmony you've got to listen to the tones around you so is it a matter of trying to create harmony with the masculine and feminine within the self only, or is there, or is it an, and where it's an, and create harmony perhaps with a masculine and feminine energy with two people as well. And is, is it an ongoing sort of fractal nature of masculine and feminine polarities that create balance, or is this just limited to, or only necessary to do it within the self? You just asked the most important question for humanity right now. (laughs) 
the Course of Miracles that you know, has been teaching this for 30 years. So this is not my idea or, or reality, but I just started reading that, by the way, I'm with like four other girls doing a Course of Miracles with them. And we're like a couple weeks in. So I'm so oh. glad you've referred to it a couple times. Okay, well, keep going. Sorry. Your current paradigm is completely screwed. <laughs> I know it starts off with saying basically like nothing is real, nothing matters. And you're like, okay, so I'm, but I, you didn't call, oh, but that doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Okay. Anyway, I just thought I'd share that because I just think it's like such a synchronicity how many times you've referred to now the Course of Miracles. Um, but okay, getting back to the masculine and feminine. So the Course of Miracles um, uh, shows us that, that the way in which we have tried to solve for this necessity of balance between the masculine and feminine energies is through relationship with two people right. or two things. Mm-hmm. And so they call it, they call this special relationship. And so the special relationship is where two split minds that are incomplete and therefore protected by ego get together to try to complete a whole mind. And so you have two split minds that come together and say, oh, do you want to be my person? Because I'm not complete. You're definitely not complete. I can see all your problems. And I think I can fit myself in and, and solve for your incompleteness. Mm-hmm. The moment we do that, we just became uh, the narcissistic version of God, right? And like, oh, I, I'm going to fix you. You fix me. I'll fix you. We don't, we don't, thank goodness we found each other because certainly we, we couldn't have done it ourselves. Right? Otherwise. So we created all these special relationships. And um, if you take a look at the list of traits of a special relationship, it's a horrific list of agreements that you have to come to. And they include the first line is you now have to agree that there are two dueling egos with different agendas that will battle it out. Sounds fun. Excellent. Sign up for that for sure. Uh, You have to believe in death. Interesting. We even put language to that until death do us part. And so, totally. um, so we have to believe in the finite. When you say you believe in death, if you're going into special relationship, then you have to believe in death. Because if you really believe in the infinite, then it's impossible that this is your person because you've always been here long before this person showed up and you're going to be here long after that person. And so you have to believe that your entire finite existence is all there is to it. And there is no infinite nature of you. And you just made an agreement to believe in that. And you're going to put all your energy into the finite game together. And so we did that with our cars. We did that with our houses. We did that with our education and our jobs. We created special relationships all over the place in an effort to complete ourselves. And so what you'll find is you keep going through that course of miracles and we're bringing, being called into a different reality where we complete the mass and feminine within each individual. We solve for the split mind and we, we resolve the need for the ego by completing the masculine and feminine within ourselves. And we find completion there. And then we will go into a form of relationship that's never seen, been seen before. And that will be beautiful. I got this. I got that download. I've never shared this before, but it was in an ayahuasca ceremony. And the information was an ego death to this idea of a perfect relationship of like two people coming together in perfect symbiotic nature. It's joyful. It's balanced. It's perfect. And the message was, you have to create that with yourself. You don't get that with somebody else. You have to do it with yourself. That perfect relationship is with yourself. And then the other, then the relationship is actually not different than what you want. It's still there. It's just that it starts with the one with yourself. And then the relationship was there, is there. And it's been amazing how long it's taken to integrate all of this and bring the puzzle pieces in together. 
um, on what that really means. But when you shared that, I just felt compelled. Like I had to share that. You saw it. I saw it. And it was a total, I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried probably four or five waves of crying. And then finally I accepted it. I'm not going to say that I like all of a sudden knew how to do it, but I, I, I accepted the information. Um, so we can create harmony by doing it with ourself. And then the nature of our reality completely shifts. And if you read the list of traits of, an, of what's called the holy relationship in there, but I, 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 the word holy can be loaded for people. And so, um, I, I've been using the word vertical relationship. Once you find that vertical where you have completed that masculine and feminine and you no longer are horizontally trying to complete yourself to all these other split phenomena, when you go vertical and you complete that, the list of, of traits of the relationships that will then result when two people that are complete in themselves come together and common mission, common vision for create co-creation the list is beautiful instead of instead of the dissonance that is baked into the special relationship that we've all known we will find ultimately at the core of it right in the center of the list is the word immortality <clears throat> we will come to be the infinite game in relationship we will come to see that every human engagement is likely a a harmonic of many contacts before with that person we're going to realize that those that we are drawn to tune to those that we are called into harmony with are the members of the choir we've been singing with a long time and we are going to stop seeing and defining a relationship as a few dates or three-year relationship we will start to see it as eons of two souls coming together on purpose to align for a resonance frequency, to change a planet or change a nature. And we'll start to be able to see the infinite within each of us. Danica, you and I, when we first met, it was so obvious that there was a knowingness that ran illogically. I'd never met you. I'd never, I'd seen you a few times through press and things like that. And then walked into your home there in, in California on the coast there and walked in and you took me down to this little grassy patch that was down the hill. And it was a, such a mythical like little path that went down to this strange little like patch of, of grass that, that was among these things. And I remember having my shoes off and putting my feet down there and the crashing of the oceans right below us there. And it was just epically beautiful, but there was such a, it was such a unique little spot right there and on that grassy spot. And you sat down there and then you were probably 10 feet away from me or something. And I, there was a familiarity about seeing you in the context of nature that I was like, holy shit, that's really familiar. And I didn't say anything because that's socially awkward and everything else. You don't say these things when they come up necessarily. <laughs> but there was, there, there's an awareness of, oh my gosh, that there's a memory right there that is not from my lifetime right here. I think my soul knows that thing. I, I think that I recognize that harmony right there that is in that space. And I think when we get to a point of social understanding between each other, when we can simply acknowledge those moments without them feeling like something weird or, you know, come on or whatever it is, like 
we're going to start to remember, oh my God, we've been singing together for eons on many different planets, perhaps. Like we have just, we are like beings that are here to sing together and we need to lose the frailty of our human insecurities and human beliefs and, and the finite definition of who we are and start to blow it out and let the infinite reveal itself in the finite structure that we are. Let the infinite reveal itself to realize, oh my God, this is so stupid. It's a cosmic joke that we think any human thought is real. Any human creation is relevant. It is so dwarfed by the reality of 7.9 billion light beings that are hanging out together on purpose of mistake <laughs> geometry, create a perfect resonance field to complete the center chakra of the entire universe. Oh. <laughs> so, so don't worry about what you're doing this evening. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Like, let's not look at those little things and worry too much. Thank you for sharing that. I have to share a story even just from right now, just to uh, uh, continue to um, help people understand maybe another aspect of relevance, even just the things that I wanted to talk to you about today. You just started checking them off on your own, like you knew what I was going to ask, or like you could feel the frequency of whatever information it was that I was curious about, like from a quantum perspective, our energies are aligned. And I, I mean, I was, as you've been talking, I'm like, yeah, there it is. I literally, like, I was going to ask you about the masculine and feminine and sure enough, there it was and many other things. So I think that it's really, I think it's good to explain those things to people. So thank you for sharing that connection. That first time I felt that too. It felt so, it did feel familiar. You, it was so easy. Um, and, um, and yeah, it's, I'm so glad that we're doing this again. I wish we were in person. Um, so what I'm curious then what this, cause there is something finite about us, our body, right? Like our human body. Do you, is that a finite thing? Every millionth of a second. Every millionth of a second. Do you believe then that we should or could live forever in this human body? Is that some, is that a, is that a, is that something that you believe in? That sounds pretty miserable to me. I don't want to live forever in anything. So I want to stay. So I think that's why we don't, we don't, we don't cling to these bodies because it's the finite game. We're in an infinite game. We have roles all over the place. Right. Right. So what is, what is humanness then? What is humanness? Is humanness um, having a mind, having an ego is humanness aging. Uh, like what is humanness? Humanness is the opportunity to touch the finite because we're always infinite beings, but it's boring to just be infinite. You want to be finite and infinite human. Oh. is One of the many opportunities to be finite. And so it's not that finite is bad. It's just the finite. If it becomes your reality, it becomes terrifyingly small and destructive and lonely. We became human so that we could experience the finite. I don't think that entities that are outside of a physical body can sit, can have the experience of, of watching steam rise off the surface of a cup of tea in the morning in the sunlight, because you have to have a physical body that is defined by finite realities to experience time. And without time, you don't get to see the steam rising off the cup of tea. And so your physical finite humanness allows you to experience beauty through the eyes of the finite neurologic experience of being human. 
And so tell the angels around you how beautiful the sunset is. They can feel the sunset, but they can't see the sunset. Time's integral to our experience. Time is a result of our finite existence. And so the phenomenon of aging is a celebration of a million finite experiences that stack up. And uh, this week I'm, I'm losing my adopted grandmother that came into my life just a couple weeks after my, my favorite relative and grandmother passed away. And so I've been with this woman for eight years and uh, she is a matriarch among matriarchs. This woman is an extremely powerful soul and uh, carries so much wisdom in her. And she's passing right now and she's in transition and I sat with her all night long a couple of nights ago. And if you just close your eyes for a moment and think about um, the hand that you would hold at your grandmother's bedside at the end of her life mm. and look at her face and look at all the wrinkles around her eyes, listen to the, the breath as it comes kind of ragged. Now it's too weak to pull itself in. You have to hold your head really close to their mouth to hear them speak because it's just a whisper now. Mm. Do you feel like that person is failing right then? Mm. Would you get frustrated at them for not bucking up and, and keeping going? Mm. It is one of the most beautiful things you will ever see is somebody letting go of the physical body at the end of a life thoroughly lived. And the record of all of those finite moments is the beauty that we see in the face of an elder. And so when you start to realize the infinite game within the million finite moments, then you're gonna realize that the wrinkles that are appearing on your face in the mirror in the morning is the emergence of the wise grandmother that you're about to become. You might shift an entire existence with that line right there. We want to be the wise elders. We need to stop eschewing the appearance of time on our faces because it's the journey we signed up for so that we could see the beauty of the universe through finite perspective and then share that with all of the light beings that are around us and that are surrounding our experience. Remind your ancestors that are with you in spirit. Remind them of how beautiful the sun is because they can't see it anymore. They can feel it, but they want to see it through you. So mm -hmm. celebrate that sunset, not just for yourself, but for all of life within the universe for all vibration sing your your gratitude for that sunset so if death is not an end point and it's what a, is it, it what happens what comes next it's a, a it is such a moment it's a millionth of a second ripple in the infinite journey it's a millionth of a second to let go of that body and the moment you do let go of the body it's so visible i was a hospice doctor for four years and we were admitting 80 patients a week to our little service and uh, to the whole agency, 240 patients a week. And so you start to multiply that times 360 days, times four years, you see a lot of transitions. And, and when you see that many transitions, you realize not a single one of them was an endpoint and that each of them was a letting go because you get to watch the body be let go of. Uh, the animation of the body when the soul lets go is so obvious. Like you don't want to go check the pulse to say, I wonder if she just died. Like it is so instantaneously obvious. You can yeah. feel it in every cell of your, your body that life just went out of that body. Mm -hmm. That life cannot be destroyed. All of that energy, not a single 
iota of that energetic field can be destroyed. That being simply completely let go of this form and became something instantaneously on the other side of that form. Hmm. Just in the thousandth of a second or whatever of a second that you said we're billionth of a second that we're Mm -hmm. hearing here. Yes. And so you are immediately the other thing. And there's no transition. There's no like waiting for your next karmic journey. It's you are in it and you're, you're traveling and you're a light being and you are now moving through space and time. It is not, there's no process to it. It's instantaneous. Okay. What's the, what's the next version or vision of what a lot of people in the spiritual community and maybe even more than that now would call new earth it's coherence and so uh nature is coherent and um the new earth is sitting right in front of us it's always actually been here the new earth is the capacity to perceive it it's our capacity to perceive the reality that we're in that is going to reveal the quote-unquote new earth it doesn't come out of it doesn't need a it's freaking right in front of us. It's, it's here. It always has been here. But in our belief of separateness from source and that, that bred a, a behavior of scarcity, uh, we, we fail to see the beauty that we live within. And so um, it will instantaneously appear in front of us and it will welcome us. So I think you're going to probably bring a lot of people into that new paradigm and new reality and new balance within themselves with all of the work that you do. You do so much work and thank you for your bravery to step into what's calling you and allow a dismantling. And, you know, I love the analogy or the, the visual, cause I'm a visual person example of, um, cymatics when you see, um, sound creating a shape, a pattern. Uh, and then as the frequency rises, the, the, the sound becomes more, it goes into a new higher frequency. There's a dismantling, a complete mess, and then a reestablishing of a new, um, more complex uh, pattern. And um, thank you for allowing your world to dismantle so that you can help create this new pattern and and lead us into that and be um, a good steward of the information that comes through you and um, your willingness to to stand in it thank you very much i'm very willing to keep walking my walk into that reality but each of you are gonna have to walk your walk i can't i can't lead you there and i can't take you there and it's going to be an individual journey and um so that's that's me having to verbalize that because my tendencies over the last 50 years has been to rush in and, and help people on the journey and that that um has been a discredit to your sovereignty and your capacity to find your intrinsic journey back to source and yeah. uh, so enjoy the journey I'll celebrate uh, alongside of you as we as we all walk into that that uh, opening of our eyes to see that new earth. All right. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Pretty Intense podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard today and you want to hear more, please click on the subscribe button.